Okay, here we are, episode 9 of the Deep 3 Podcast, almost to double digits. I'm joined today by Ms. Kelly Matthews, uh, kids director here at Collide Church, uh, one of my best friends as well. So Kayla, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for making the long trip up the hallway to the studio. Yeah, I had to walk here. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for letting me use one of your uh, spaces here in Collide Kids for, for the studio. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you guys, I've sort of moved my office up to here, sort of, just because my, my computer's up <laughs> here. So, you know, everybody's really missing me down the hall whenever I come up here to get in this spot. But um, again, thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time. So, I like to just start off with a little background for everybody. So maybe your family, you know, growing up and how we know each other, walking into uh, your roles through the years, which is with Collide. We just turned seven. Yes, unbelievable. So, um, yeah, Uh, start from wherever, the beginning. Okay, Um, 31 years ago I was born. That's too far back. No, I, I, um, so I grew up around here. I'm also from Courtney, like you are. Um, you don't say Deep Creek? I don't, no. I've, I've okay. never said that, actually, but I'm only like a mile from the heart of Deep Creek, so yeah, I could say that. But no, I'm from the Courtney area, um, went to Courtney Elementary. Actually, your mom was my kindergarten teacher, and I guess that is like sort of how I know you like that's how I knew who you were because you would come down and get your lunch money I think you were in the eighth grade when I was in kindergarten so oh. you would come down and get your lunch money and then one day your mom took us to um one of your classes Mr. Keller's class to like show us what it was like to be a big kid so yeah. that's like a vivid memory for me from kid- I don't have a lot of like memories from when I'm younger my yeah. brain just doesn't work like that but that's one I remember going to Mr. Keller's class and seeing like the big kids which shout was interesting. out to Mr. Keller yeah. Was he still there? When no, I didn't. I didn't have, didn't have him. him. No, you missed out on an absolutely awesome guy. It's massive, probably like six six three hundred. Not. I'm just a big guy. Yeah. Uh, just like broad, broad, scary looking. Yeah, to a and five year old, super smart, super great math teacher. Ninety nine percent of the time, calm. One percent, you better watch <laughs> out. Like, but just an amazing, amazing teacher. And math counts. Uh, Oh, what would coach? You call that? Is coach? that a coach? I don't. I'm trying to think of the other word. There's a word I'm not thinking of. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was him. So yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm sidetracking yeah. here. Yeah, but that's how I knew who you were. And then also, like through high school, you were a substitute teacher in a few of my classes, one long term, um, for a few weeks at a time or so. But yeah, that's. What was the long term class? Cause I don't remember this. Uh, my civics class. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So. We wa- I mean, we watch movies, like, the whole time. There's not much yeah. to remember. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. We um, watch movies. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of all the movies you would have watched. Jingle. Somewhere all in the way. Black and White. Well, no, some of them actually had to do with the content. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yes. Yeah, yes. that was one of them. Classic, so. I don't remember. I don't remember enjoying them, so I don't remember them. But anyway. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, since I've been at Collide... Um, I have got married, had two beautiful daughters. So my husband is Zach. He's an elder here at the church. Um, and then my daughter, Maylee, is four. My daughter, Jovi, will be two in May. So it's a fun time at my house all the time. Yeah. And so what, besides just copping out with an actually true answer, I'm saying pretty much everything, 
what have you done through the years for us here at the church? <laughs> um, so I guess before we launched, I kind of had the nickname of Scribe for a little while because I would just, <laughs> yes. I would go to all the meetings. Like before we launched the church, we had like lots and lots of meetings. Yes. We just talked and thought. You guys even way more than me. But right. when I was there, I would take a lot of notes because I'm just, I'm very type A. That's just kind of who I am. Um, so I guess initially I was kind of the note taker. But we were also in this position where, like, we needed to do things like open a bank account. And that didn't need to be in your name or Nick's name because that's, like, a weird, you don't do that. So um, I guess I did, like, a little bit of treasury work for a while. Uh, I would say I got a little better at that as time went on, but that was definitely not my forte. I think I'm now uh, the kids director, and that is really where my gifting and talent uh, is. So. That's been awesome, but those have been my two main roles. But I think I have served everywhere, like on Sun, like maybe not on Sunday morning, but like throughout, except like tech and worship. We need to get you a trumpet solo. I don't think I need that now. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to Sam and see. Okay. What he says. We can talk to him. Would you put in an audition as a in trumpet player? Like as a joke, yeah. I would yes, do it. yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. Okay, yeah. Because I put in uh, an audition as a recorder player, and I didn't hear anything back officially. Off the record, I did, but um, I'm sorry think, that your dreams. Were I think crushed. off the record, I was told I'd be on the schedule the next week, <laughs> and that did not happen. What um, disappointment! Yeah, I, I mean, I <laughs> I really like want to be a rock star for sure. Or like a worship guy, but God knew that he couldn't give me that ability or I'd probably run with it in the wrong direction. So mm. I don't have any musical talent, <laughs> but I love uh, worship. So, uh, yeah, definitely get in that trumpet uh, audition Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we haven't right had, that. I mean, we should have a trumpet player, right? Should we? I like to see him try to mix the sound of a trumpet in the oh room gosh. everything else. That'd be a disaster. So that, that would be pretty tricky. They'd need like a, like the drum booth. You'd need, like, a brass section booth, you know, like... Can't you, like, put something in the end of the trumpet to kind of, like, muffle it a little bit? That's a thing, right? Am I crazy? You can put a mute in it, but, I mean, that also, like, that changes the sound oh. that you're producing. Sound so, figure it out. Yeah. We'll leave that up totally. to you. All right. So, yeah, you've done pretty much everything. Super appreciative. Like, really, I mean, since it's just after our, our anniversary, like, pretty much we started with six people and a crazy dream and... Mm-hmm. It kind of came true, so it's been yeah. it's been pretty wild. God um, has for sure. moved, yeah, most definitely. So, much. so um, we'll move into the deep three. Okay, since this is the deep three podcast, and I'm looking forward to these answers. Uh, so, first one, uh, and definitely looking forward to this one because uh, <laughs> I know you know all about the sports. Yes, yay sports. So, uh, your favorite sports memory? Okay. Um. My favorite sports memory, so I cheered for like 12 years, um, and one memory that really stuck out to me when I was, it was hard for me to think about this question because sports, but anyway, um, we had like, we had a conditioning coach when I cheered. So I say I cheered that, like, we didn't just like, you know, do sideline cheers. Like we cheered competitively and we had really hard practices. We had a conditioning coach. We had, like, we ran, we did, we did stadiums. Like it was a sport, is a sport. Um, anyway, you did say competition. Yes. So that I would give you that as a sport. You were competing for trophies. Yes, we okay. were. Um, were hold, on, hold on, i got to ask this okay. question. Okay. Were you in the deal with whenever uh, Coach Lark would get on the um, 
in a comment for which and say, go drink your chocolate milk because we get points. You no. remember that time? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There was something with drinking chocolate milk and the chillers get money. No, I don't remember. Um, I would have been pumped about that because I love chocolate Something milk. like that. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, hit me up because I think that was a thing. Yeah, I have no idea. Not okay. familiar. Um, okay, no, so when so when we would condition, we would run. We would run a lot. And also we would run when we like get in trouble. Like be like, okay, take a lap. Y'all can't stop talking. Anyway. That's awesome. We ran a lot and... Um, you know, if you're if you're out of shape, it's hard to run. Like endurance is not something that you're gonna have when you're out of shape. Now that time I was in pretty good shape, so we would run. I would get finished. Some other girls would get finished, and then a, a small group of us would actually like turn around and go backward uh, down the track and like help some of the either like the the younger cheerleaders, like the freshmen that like weren't used to it yet, or people who weren't like as as in shape or whatever like we would go behind them and like clap for them and cheer them on and like finish finish the race with them yeah like if that's not too cliche but no i mean it wasn't a race but we would we would like backtrack and then turn around and finish it again with the other girls were you getting timed and you had to beat a certain mark or is this just more about conditioning there was a time that you had to be under for like tryouts i can't remember what it was it was nine or ten minutes. I mean, it wasn't anything like super fast. For how far? Just a mile. That's a nine minute mile. That's pretty. It good. might have been ten. That's still. That's, it was probably ten. That's, uh, I mean, but not bad. Yeah, yeah, but that. I mean, that happened like a lot because we yeah. ran a lot, especially when we would get like chatty and stuff. Hmm. So. Good coach move. Yeah. There was one practice. I went back and, like, I did the math because we had ran before practice to warm up. We had ran a lot during practice because we just were not listening very good that day. And we ran again at the end. We ran, like, four and a half miles that day. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. So, if yeah. you might want to come at cheerleaders like this, annual sport. That's Yeah. It's not true. Yeah. And good for you. I can see you going back and helping out your teammates. Yeah. It's that good. was, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. A lot of, like, life lessons. And yeah, that. for sure. All right, so got the sports thing. Now, culture type thing, something you can't get enough of. Okay, I don't think this is like super culture-y, but it's something I've been doing a lot lately. So when I was younger, my grandma taught, like, well, she didn't really teach me when I was younger. She taught me when I was older, but she used to let me help her make these, like, hand-pulled butter mints. And so you, like, you boil water, you add butter, you add sugar, it gets to a certain temperature, and if it's too hot, you're going to screw them up. If it's not hot enough, you're going to screw them up, and then you dump that mixture out on this like cold marble slab and then you touch it when it's like super super hot you burn your hands and stuff and then you like pull it like taffy i'm doing hand motions right now as if like other people can see me but you you pull it like if you've ever seen like saltwater taffy pulled in like a video or, or anything and they turn into these like really soft and like creamy mints so i've been making those a lot lately i started selling them um and i think something neat that has kind of come from that is like i have made connections with a few people that I hadn't like talked to in years some from church some from like my community group that I've been able to invite back to group so that's kind of been like a little like avenue for me to talk to people that I wouldn't have you normally ran into so that's been kind of interesting and it's something that's passed down through your yeah through my family so Mm -hmm. very cool it was it was meant to be that you would yeah. So, very cool. And, uh, you know, kind of a little bit um, the thing of today, side hustle. Yeah. Making a little bit of money off of it, yeah, right? Yeah, a little so, bit, yeah. Yeah, very cool. And they're really good. Like, if you, if you haven't uh, had any, I don't know if you're just 
make them at certain times or if anybody was like, hey, can I get some? Probably yeah. not because you probably make a lot at one time, I'm assuming. Actually, it's easier in small batches. Okay, there yeah. you go. So We'll hit up Kayla for some mints. They are super, super delicious. My family and my kids love them. Uh, they're very, very good. Um, all right, so last one, uh, something that God is teaching you right now. All right, so I feel like this answer is probably going to like set the tone for the rest of the conversation. I feel like that's how some of your conversations have gone in the past, too. Yes. But really something big that God's put on my heart, really, like, I think he started pushing this with me a little bit before COVID, um, was just, like, the the thought of family ministry, like, the term family ministry, and thinking through, like, how, you know, I work in kids' ministry, and it's wonderful to have, you know, an awesome kids' ministry where the kids can come and be poured into for an hour. It gives parents opportunity to go and worship um, without, you know, the... I don't want to say distraction, but I can't think of a better word. But sometimes it can be distracting to worship when your kids are in there with you. Um, but they get they get that kind of like one-on-one time, you know, with God while we have their kids. Um, but really, like, I want to see our ministry grow and build so that we're doing so awesome things for that hour on Sunday morning. But we are, like, pouring into parents so that they can be strong disciplers of their kids in their homes. Um, so that's something really that God started talking to me really before COVID, um, just thinking about what that looked like in my home with Maylee, like how we were going to function, how we were going to set that up. And then, you know, how do I take those concepts and apply that to what I do here at Collide? So that's, you know, something big, both in my personal life and in my work life that have kind of merged together. So tying in what we do as a church and not having that be just like a one hour thing, but kind of taking it, resourcing our parents to be able to minister to their kids for the rest of the week. And we were just doing a, a Facebook Live talking about how your our kids' volunteers are with these kids an hour mm-hmm. a week. 0.5% of of the week. That's the, like, that's the math on it. Wow. Yeah. So, And then I'm thinking, that, I mean, obviously they're at school a lot. They're sleeping a lot, but there's a lot more hours that their parents can be and mm-hmm. are around them can be. Uh, ministering to them so that's that's great and we will dig a little bit uh, more into that for sure Um, but kind of going back maybe through thinking about our church uh, church planning through the eyes of someone who uh, I mean it's done so much but it's not you're not a pastor but goodness we couldn't have survived without you so um, maybe I was just thinking they don't have anything specific maybe you do just the work that we put in, the grunt work, the groundwork we had, we laid before we started, and as we were just going, uh, talk about some of those things, some things that stick out in your mind, and then kind of how that, uh, it was all God, but how maybe mm-hmm. that helped to lay the foundation for us to be, uh, quote unquote, successful, to see people come and see people collide with God. Well, I think the success came from you know, obviously from God, but from, from God really like pushing us to form relationships with people, you know, and I think back into the really, really early days before we even had our public launch, you you know, we had like a group of like 25 or 30 people meeting here on Friday nights. And I think of like, you know, was that the, was that the same time that we went through Multiply by Francis Chan? Yes. So, you know, I think we were being really intentional with those people and with that time. And it wasn't like we were just here on Friday nights, you know, we were, also trying to meet with these people throughout the week or go grab dinner on Saturday or hang out at the house or, you know, it was kind of like 
we were just taking different steps and different avenues with people and being intentional about building relationships. And so I really think that that's where like a lot of the initial success came from. And because, you know, when you're planting a, a church from scratch, like everybody that's there in the beginning plays a very integral role, like through through their hours and time that they put in and volunteer. Like there was never a time at, before we launched or there shortly after that, like if somebody walked up and said, hey, can I help with something? We did not have a like mile long <laughs> list of stuff yes. that needed to get done, whether oh, that was wow. like spray painting chairs, painting the <laughs> walls, later on tearing down the walls, like yeah. scraping glue off the floor, you know, like you name it. There was like, that was probably on our list of things of just like small, tedious, well, really big tasks, but tedious tasks that needed people to yeah. do. Um, and even, you know, Sunday morning too, like we couldn't watch without having people there to do collide kids, to greet, to run the soundboard, to be on the worship team. Like there was yeah. something for everybody to do. So everybody really felt like they had a, like a stake in like what was yeah. being built. I think do, that was important. Do you remember the color that the chairs were spray painted? I guess these walls are painted. Um, Definitely the spray paint is this color for sure. Oh gosh. Is it, um, it's got something to do with the ocean. Yeah. I, I just said it like two weeks ago because I've ordered it recently from Lowe's, but I can't remember right now. If you hadn't asked me, I could have remembered. Mm. Exotic Sea. Exotic Sea. That's what it is. Exotic Sea. It has something sea. to do with the ocean. We yeah. did spray paint a bunch of chairs that were graciously given to mm-hmm. us by other uh, churches. I believe that was, was it Flat, Flat Rock. Rock. Yeah. It was Flat Rock. Shout out to, to uh, Pastor Tomlin and Flat Rock. Just, um, yeah, we spray, spray paint a bunch of those chairs in the back parking lot, and uh, there was the the haze of that paint on your car. The car. My sister in law has the car now, but it's still on there. On the yeah, top. probably so. So yeah, exact sea haze. I had about forgotten about that. Maybe some things you want to forget, <laughs> but there was a lot of things like that uh, that happened, and we put that work in. And I would say shout out to a lot of those people who. If you are still here, a lot have moved on. They've physically moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gone different places, but goodness, they meant so much, uh, and people were just so willing to um, to get their hands dirty, to Literally. work hard, yeah. uh, to do whatever it may have uh, may take. And I think that really helped us a lot for sure. So, uh, uh, kind of I want to say a ragtag bunch, but uh, a younger group of people who yeah. maybe didn't have. Uh, experience and really didn't know <laughs> right from wrong or just were just jump right in. So that really helped us a ton. Uh, and then maybe some think about this is not as fun. Uh, maybe some struggles that we uh, we endured. What are some of your memories there? I mean, we won't go into specifics with all these things, but what are some some of the things that that were hard for us? I think one thing that has always been hard through the end or through since the beginning. Um, is like figuring out how to how to close the back door, you know? Like It's very churchy. You're going to have to explain it pretty Okay, so <laughs> what I mean is like, okay, so we launched. Do you know how many people we had here on launch day? Uh, maybe like 180. Okay, so we went from like 30 people on Friday nights, and then that Sunday we had 180 people. And we, I mean, we averaged over 100, like 100, 150 for a while, right? Did I make that up? I don't know. We averaged a, a lot more more people, yeah. I think, than we... Like, God put more people here, like, boom. Like, 
wham, bam, like faster than we could have imagined. Yeah. And it was kind of, I mean, it was just kind of just like you are like holding on to the coattails of what God is doing, <laughs> like holding on for dear life because yeah. it's moving so fast. Right. But I think what can happen sometimes when you have that big influx of people is the relationships that I talked about earlier, like all of a sudden that is like a daunting task yeah. to start trying to build relationships with all these people. And sure. so it makes... It makes it easy for people to like slip in, be there for a month or two, and then slip right out the back door. Right. And then maybe it's been six weeks and you're like, hey, you remember so-and-so? Like, where did they go? Yeah. And you kind of lose track. So I think that's something that has been that has been hard just from the beginning. It's sure. like figuring out how to, that's what I mean by close the back door. Yeah. Um, because it's easy for people to slip away and maybe you don't notice for a little bit because sure. there's just so many. Yeah, uh, definitely for sure. So I would say to if there's any anybody in in ministry listening, like do what you can to get those people um, plugged in. And I think for us, the big thing was groups, and we didn't mm-hmm. start our groups until uh, five or six months in. Yeah. So um, and studies say I always like to share this one. Somebody who's in a small group, uh, if you if you take that and track that, like five years down the road, somebody gets in a small group is eighty five percent more likely to stay in a church than those who aren't in a small group. So, you know, whatever that may be for you, Sunday school, small groups, community groups, D groups, cell groups, home groups, whatever mm-hmm. you call it, like get into those um, for sure. So number one, leaders like got to work to do that. And number two, if you're coming to a church, like get plugged in. Get plugged in. Get plugged in to more than just worship. That um, that percentage that you just mentioned, I think it goes up again if you're involved in a group and you're also serving yes. with your church. Like it, yes. I can't remember the number that it goes up to, but I remember we heard that data maybe at the summit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. And if you're volunteering, uh, you feel, whether right or wrong, you feel more plugged in. I'm a small groups guy, so I want that to be like the thing. Yeah. But if you get volunteer and you start to see some of the ins and outs of the church and that gets you even more more tied in to to the vision to the mission uh, of the church so take that step if you're not in the group leaders like you know let's be <laughs> pushing nudging our people to get yeah. get more plugged in for sure but yeah that's that's for sure something that that happened because we went i don't even know years four or five years every sunday we had somebody new Mm-hmm. Uh, and that most, I mean, the large, large majority of Sundays, even till now, we've had somebody new. So uh, very important to get people uh, plugged in, plugged in for sure. So any other struggles that we can learn from and help other people learn from? I think what you said about, like, getting plugged in in a group and getting plugged in into serving, like, the whole idea of... Um, like you can you can look like too well oiled of a machine. Like people don't realize yes. that you need help. You know, like when it was thirty people and we're out spray painting chairs and the like the, the whole worship center is empty and nothing's been done. Yeah. Like it's like glaringly obvious, okay, like they need our help. Like they yes. need a lot of help. But then when you come in on Sunday morning, it's your first time visiting and everything is running really what looks like from the outside, like really <laughs> smooth yeah. and you know, you've got a place to take your kids and this, that and the other. Like it's easy for someone to walk into that and be like, they've really got this under control. They probably don't even need my help. And yeah. like the exact opposite is true. Like it might look like a well-oiled machine from the outside, but like I am usually running around like a chicken with my head cut off on Sunday mornings. Less now that I've got a, a second like staff member on my kid's team, like yeah. Peyton, who is my right hand, left hand, and probably like 80% of my brain. Right. But 
you know, I just can remember like every Sunday saying, how is this going to work? Like for a long time, like we've got like two people signed up for Collide Kids and we know we're going to have like a whole bunch of kids. How is this even going to work? And I mean, every time God has made it work. Right. But we, I mean, we need help. Like it doesn't look like it, but your church always needs you to step in and serve and get plugged in and help. They need you and... It's really good for you, too. It is. <laughs> You're serving the Lord, and uh, it helps you to get more plugged in. And uh, we can get in all kinds of stuff. There's, like, stuff in your brain, like your hormones and your body feels better when you're serving. There's a lot of stuff we can get into on that. But if you're not plugged in serving your church, do it. Yeah. Find a way. Uh, and <laughs> I almost would say don't take no for an answer. If you're like, oh, we're good. Like, there's something that you can do. Yeah. Uh, do for sure. So, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy wild ride. We could probably talk for days on on things that have happened, but we're so thankful for what God has done, continues to do here at our church uh, as well. So now I do want to focus a little bit on kids ministry, uh, and I do want to hit you with the three trivia questions. Okay. Uh, so my last guest, Justin, was three for three on trivia. Good on job, tennis. Justin. I'm not surprised. So, I, yeah, I'm not yeah surprised. I mean he's a teacher. He probably do well in Jeopardy, which. Have you watched Aaron Rodgers has been hosting Jeopardy? I watched him I last night. I didn't know that. Aaron Rodgers, good job. So they're kind of doing some different hosts Is right now. Is he a now. sports guy? Rodgers, okay. quarterback. Okay. Green Bay Packers, yes. Okay. One of the best ever. Yes, good job. Thank you. He's a sports guy. Thanks. So three questions. This is kind of about kids' development. So you have a background as a, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe you've got a good shot um, at this, these questions. Um, they're not the easiest, though. They're just not. So I'm going okay. to ask for some help if need be. First I have one, low expectations. Okay. It's okay. Okay. That's smart. That not was, for the questions, for probably, my answers. Oh, that's probably yeah, a good no. thing <laughs> to, to have low expectations. There's a bar. You're going to get close to one of these, getting one of these right. Okay. Okay. All right. How much weight does a kid gain in their first year? Like on average? Can you give me like a within a certain amount of pounds? Okay, it's not really okay. It's not really a, an amount of weight. It's like they get so many times heavier. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna say that the average baby is like two point five times heavier by the end of the first year. Maybe three. Mm-hmm. Which one would you go for? I'd probably pick the whole number. Three. Three times larger. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, they the babies weigh three times as much typically after their first year as they did when they were born. There you go, okay. one for one. All right, uh, what is a baby's? I'm gonna give you this. You get like a bonus question. These are really four questions. Okay. What's a baby's vision when they're born? Oh, it's bad. They can't even bad is see correct. you. Like they like they can't see. Right. At all. So Just twenty. Like 20 oh, what? It's like t- probably like twenty two hundred. Mm. A little worse. Is it worse than that? That's yeah. how bad mine is, and I can't see. Twenty twenty four hundred. Oh my goodness! That's how bad I can't even babies. fathom that. Yeah. So this is kind of a follow up to that. So okay. this isn't really an official question, but how long does it take for their vision to get to twenty twenty? Oh, to get. To, mm, I don't know. I know, like after two weeks, they start to like be able to. Like, see a little bit. I'm going to say, like, 
three months. Uh, that's a, it's kind of like a wild guess. I have no idea. I'm trying to think of like you know when you use like the contrast toys, like the little black and white. Oh yeah. Stuff, but I don't. I have no idea. Six months. Six months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Last one. Uh, I think. Well, you do have like a master's in reading, right? I do. That okay. makes me feel like I'm supposed to get this right and be really embarrassed about it. It's not, it. I mean, it's about words. It's not okay. about reading, but, uh, okay, what's the average amount of new words a kid learns per day, kind of up until they're six? Once they start learning words until they're six, you know, take an average of how many new words they will add each day to their vocabulary. Uh, let's say like four or seven. Might be a little, I don't know. Okay, take the four, you went to seven, okay. go the same amount up again. Eleven? Try yeah. that one again. <laughs> Say, the math is not in math. Reading, it's in reading. Is, yeah. So, ten. Ten. Ten words a day. Once they start learning words, ten a day. That's a lot. six, that is a lot of words. So, um, yeah. I, I went kind of this direction on questions because uh i know that you're one of the things you're passionate about is like what do kids need to be learning about god during certain phases of their life i'm, I'm one who's like they need to know jesus and like <laughs> need to get saved which is important but like yeah. you know maybe talk through what do kids what are attainable things uh benchmarks for kids to know as they get older, and, and are there some resources that parents can, can find to help them with that? Yes, and I'll plug the resource first because it's my go-to every time. So there's a resource put out by Lifeway called the Levels of Biblical Learning. And we went to, to like, a conference that they focused on this. Do you remember the one that we went to? It was at a church, like High Point. It was for, for family ministry, I think. We went around the room, and we took the little the papers, and we stuck them to where we felt like it fell Levels of biblical learning. Did you even go? You might not have gone. Uh, I think I, don't I remember. remember. Yes, okay. I remember when you're talking about. Yes. Um. So, anywho, the the whole the whole premise of the levels of biblical learning is that it takes um biblical concepts. They've got like like an like ten themes of biblical concepts. I can't recite them all, but it's like God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Bible, community. I'm getting close. Um, the world. Maybe your family. I can't remember. There's one for people. Uh, but it, it takes all those concepts and then it breaks down little like bullet point sentences of what kids within a certain age range should really be able to comprehend about that topic. Um, so, you know, you take like young, really young kids, for example. If you can get them to understand like God loves me, you have done something big. Yeah. You know, like if a two-year-old can repeat that back to you and understand what that means, like that means that you know, God feels about me the same way that mommy and daddy feel about me. You know, mm. that's what they need to be understanding at that age. But I love that resource. I have, and I should have brought it up here with me to reference, but um, I have little booklets actually on my, behind my desk in my office that has it. In, they, it runs from like early preschool, which is like toddlerhood, all the way up, I think, through like high school, college age. And what... I really love about that resource is like if you start with the younger preschool and then you flip through the pages, it builds like so the same 10 topics are going to be the same. And okay. then like the phrase that you might see for the youngest section, you go two sections over, it includes what you started with and builds on it. Okay. Um, and I really like that. So levels of biblical learning. Find Very your good. kids age range 
and just read through it and figure out, you know, what you can break down for them from scripture into terms that they can understand. And I'll add too, that's something that, that we started doing, um, I can't remember how long in Collide Kids, but we actually put out a document each week. It's called Preschool Points. Mm-hmm. And I take, I take a phrase um, almost always from the levels of biblical learning. Sometimes it doesn't quite fit that, and I'm, I'll create one of my own. But it's like, okay, the parent, you've heard this entire 35-minute sermon about this topic that is obviously way too complex for your three-year-old, mm-hmm. but here's one to two sentences that you can take from what you just learned and how you can break it down into terms that your preschooler can understand. Um, And then sometimes it'll give little examples of how to like walk through that section of scripture with your kids. A lot of times that includes like, you know, maybe you hold up a few dolls or puppets and kind of like walk through what's happening in the, in the scripture passage or whatever. Um, but it's just got some tips on there for how to how to break down what you're learning for right. for younger kids. Hey, as somebody who you know doesn't preach all the time, but like if I can guarantee that an adult's going to take one or two points away that they learn on their level, I'll take it. So if we can get it yeah. for kids, that's a, even even that much better. So that that's awesome. I think very helpful for kids uh, and for, I mean for parents especially. Uh, the majority of us who don't have a background in teaching, who don't quite, you know, like what to expect our kids of different ages to learn. So definitely something I would, I would say to take a look at, and I'll post it in the, uh, the kind of the comments, the description section of, of this, so you guys can have that, uh, that resource uh, as well. So kind of tying into that in the kids ministry, you know, all all my guests I've kind of asked their roles and how those things have been affected by COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. So how what's it been like uh, leading a kid's ministry through the pandemic? So it's gotten better. So yeah. That's good. Um, no, so we, so as a church, we closed. We closed in March of last year for months. I mean, for quite some time. And I kind of felt like during that season, I was almost like, grasping at straws as to how to reach the kids because what what I personally felt like I was battling against was I wanted to find unique ways that I could connect with the kids so we started doing you know the little zoom meetings and stuff and honestly that didn't like the zoom meetings and trying to get the kids to participate and stuff that didn't really take off and I think the reason it didn't is because everybody kind of had like screen fatigue because all of a sudden all of school was on zoom and all like if you were going to hang out with your friends it's going to be on zoom if you were going to have your like even parents like having their work meetings that that was on zoom and although that was a great tool you know to get us through that time um that was maybe not the best avenue to try to connect with kids and to connect with families so like realizing that that maybe wasn't going to work so well that kind of morphed into like okay, we're going to change, we changed our social media, um, like, schedule, like, what Mm -hmm. we put out for parents, and we had parents participate in some of that, and then we took that a a little bit further, and when we did, um, I think the first one we did was Psalms of Summer, we started writing um, kids' material to go along with what our pastors were preaching on Sunday morning at Mm -hmm. Collide, 
And I think that was kind of the ticket in and when I had parents actually like reaching back to me saying, okay, like we're now we've got something to go by at home, like with what we can do with our kids at home. And it aligns with like, you know, what the parent is learning. So it's basically like a, almost like a sermon guide for kids. Like it's designed so that that older kids can kind of sit with it um, in their lap while they were watching the sermon and then they could... Um, follow the guide to kind of take down the most important points in the notes. And then at the very bottom of that page, um, there were family discussion questions. So it was similar to the community group discussion questions that adults would discuss throughout the week, but it was really like in more kid-friendly language and targeted toward kids. So the idea would be your kids have watched this sermon with you and they've heard the mm-hmm. same things you've heard. Here's where you need to zoom in with your kids. Like what points? Zoom in. Mm. Oh, I didn't even mean uh, to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here's here's what you need to talk, you know, with your kids about from. And this was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This was started while we were specifically online. Online only. Online yeah, we had not come back to church. church when we started this. But you have kept that going because we have yet to open up all of our ages. So the kids, older kids, are going into a sermon, into the worship ser- uh, mm-hmm. service now can still get this material yes so we're still we're still putting that out it goes out in my parent email on usually on thursday sometimes on fridays um and then we also have on like printed and prepped for kids who come into the worship space it's on a little clipboard for them we we also give out like a memory verse for you to work on as a family during the week and that kind of thing um but yeah that's all ready for them when they come in because our third through fifth grade class has not we have not reopened that one yet okay then We'll get there soon, right? Yes. What, okay. What just being transparent with people? Some of our people, hopefully. What are what are uh, roadblocks that are keeping us from opening up the third through fifth grade at this point? The only roadblock is um, the amount of volunteers needed to to make it happen. So, like you said earlier, yeah, your church needs you, right? So, uh, we've just had people who have yet to come back to church for for various reasons, and you know, it'd be awesome to know what everybody's reason was, but there are various yeah. ones, and that's okay. Uh, we just need more people to be able to open those uh, those classes back up. That's just <laughs> where everybody's sitting, kind of with with COVID at the, at this point. Um, so, why do we even have this piece of paper? I just jumped everywhere. I'm glad you followed me through okay. this. So, uh, any other uh, resources uh, that you would recommend for parents uh, as they are looking, hopefully catching on and want to be those primary. Uh, disciples of their kids or anything else that can help them to teach their kids where they are in their development yeah I would say like just you know, check your own spiritual health like you know I can't teach my kid about chemistry if I don't know anything about chemistry hmm. why would that be any different at all in your spiritual life like if if I'm not reading the Bible I can't you know expect Sure. Yeah, you got to set that example for them. I mean, that shouldn't be the reason. Like, the fact that you right. have a kid shouldn't be the reason that you're trying to connect with God. Um, but, you know, if you look in Deuteronomy, like, we are called to be the primary disciples of our kids. And we're called to do that as we go within, like, the rhythms yeah. of our everyday life. And if, you know, if having a relationship with God isn't in your daily rhythm of your life, then that's not going to be an organic thing that happens within your home. And I think to add on to that, you know, something that I know is really important to you, like get into a small group, get in. If you, yes. if you, if you go to our church, get into a community group, or if you're at another church that does small groups, Sunday school, whatever it is that you do, you know, get in that because like there's 
other families with kids my kids age in my community group they are such a blessing to me that we're walking through some of this stuff at the same time there's there's families in my group that have kids older than my kids and some that you know aren't married yet and don't have kids and I think that we can all just be a really big help to each other because I mean parenting's hard you know and so anybody that you can add into your circle that can walk through that with you and you can help you know other people you walk through a parenting journey like that's that's going to be helpful yeah and you know I I see so much in our group with just the discussions that come uh, they're informal they're before the the, we have our discussion they're after and people talking about man I feel like I'm a little OCD like just how they're organized or I feel like I'm this or I'm going through that and there's never a time where somebody else is like yeah that's me too or I've gone through that or I'm going through that and then too just the importance of that rhythm I love that word for our kids uh, even you know Mazzy my two year old is like going to play with my friends that's kind of what she sees community group as now where Hattie's almost six she's like we're having community group now she doesn't say crewmity group she can say community now (laughs) finally but she knows that's a regular part of our lives where she gets to play with her friends and she knows what we're doing at mm-hmm. this point that we're getting together to study uh, to study God's God's word and for you know iron to sharpen iron for us to get uh, to be better equipped to teach our kids so yeah very good to surround yourself with people who have the same goals I mean that's across anything in life yeah. whatever it may be and it's no different for Christians I think for some reason we want to sometimes isolate ourselves or put our spiritual part of our lives like to the side in this own little box or like on Sunday morning for yes. an hour or two yeah. like that's when we're yeah you know but it's got to be all the time yeah and I think like you said rhythms find those times that are normal things that you do um you know you're eating meals you're driving in your car take kids to, to school or to dance or the sports like there's certain times where you can begin to you know weave in mm-hmm. uh, the spiritual things into that for sure so very good stuff um anything else along those lines you're the expert how do you help us be better disciples of our kids I'm, i would say i'm not the expert because i mean my kids are young i think but like but, you said, surround yeah. yourself with yeah, people who have older kids. Um, yeah. No, I think just you know, just be in tune with your kids and learn, you know, just learn who they are, learn how they learn, and and don't be afraid to take any given moment that your kid has and and use it to point them toward Christ. You know, I think yeah. that sometimes, just like you said a second ago, we want to we want to kind of like put everything to do with church in Sunday morning, like that it, it's got to be throughout your whole life and it, it's got to be like those moments where I'm disciplining Maylee for something or yeah. or those moments where she's had you know an issue with with a friend or whatever it is like you have to use those day-to-day moment, moments to know how to point your kids to Jesus it's not it's not we have to sit down for 45 minutes every night and read this scripture and memorize this like it, it's not something that has to be it's a good routine to have yes but discipling your kids is not something that's like rigid and mm. and organized like it's not it's yeah. it's messy and it's involved and it's it's just going through the normal day-to-day stuff and using all that stuff to point them to Jesus and uh, that was like really yeah. informal but no that's good 
it, it is. It's just it's just living your life for God and teaching your kid how to do that too. You got to always be ready. I think that's First Peter, like always have the response pretty much, and part of that's to your your kids. You know, last even last night, uh, Anna was talking to me about um, Hattie on the six, like starting to think about um, maybe body image questions or more like um, just being aware of like you know she had been over at a friend's house for a few days we were going on a trip taking a bath together I'm like I'm starting to feel weird about that like there's shame Mm -hmm. you know from from sin like that's it and it's like you know let's start talking about the fall of man and how like that Adam and Eve that's part of the thing with them like they realized that they were naked and they started to be feel shame about that they started to be aware of that uh, because of a fallen world so just Start to just pick up and look for things that your kids are going through naturally and then find that way to put it back into talking about the Bible and sin and <laughs> this broken world we live in. So that, that's good. It, we should have those set times where, mm-hmm. we're, or in, where we're going to talk about God and read the Bible, but so much more of our it's, life yeah, it's more than that. is in <laughs> the, all the other stuff we're doing and we can't just, again, put our spiritual stuff in in a corner or in just in a very small part of who we are. So that's, that's pretty good. I think thinking through it in that light also makes it a lot less intimidating too because when you think about like having, you know, that something that's rigid that you have to plan, that you have to get right 24-7, like that's intimidating. But when yeah. you just think about like it's it's simple. It's messy and involved, but it's simple. Like just talk to your kids about Jesus when they're going through stuff. Like mm. and you know, that's not as intimidating as thinking you need to plan like a five point lesson and have yeah. all these like good questions every single time. Like it's just it's just conversation. It's just Teach them how to love God and love people. Mm-hmm. That's simple. Yes. It's not easy. No, it's not easy Either, at all. But it's a simple but it's simple. Things. So I know that ending there with Kayla was kind of abrupt, but we kind of jumped into a different topic that I I do want to talk about at a later time, but I just wasn't quite prepared. I think our conversation kind of was a little um, jumbled because I wasn't quite ready. Uh, So I want to jump back in that with probably with her and some other people later, but I just felt like that was a natural spot to kind of end our conversation for this episode. I will mention, uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, I know you hear it on other ones, but it really does help if you like, rate, review uh, the podcast wherever you listen. It helps to uh, just get us more in the algorithm and have more people kind of find out about the deep three. So with that, I want to say thank you all for listening, and we'll be back again very soon with our 10th episode, and I'll talk to you then.